See ya. Bye-bye. Hey, supporting this podcast would be like really cool, right? You could go over to anchor.fm slash drive safe text when home and then, you know, give some money. That'd be cool. Like whatever. I mean, I might like it, but that's so cool. Hey, what's up? But anyways, if you want to do something that's completely free, I guess Spotify now you can do like a rating system. So go over there, rate that and go on Apple podcast and rate it there. That'd be sick. Hey, guess what? Enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody. This is the podcast and I'm here with... Uh, Jacob Lee, uh, and I play guitar in a lot of bands, and I uh, write music. Hell yeah, <laughs> dude, dude. Okay, so uh, one of the like the the biggest things. It's funny, like you play in all these really cool bands, but the one thing that I recently saw you post about was really made me stoked uh, because I even talked to you when we were there. But like, I know you're an HM2 guy. And like you, I, I saw you take a picture of all the clones you have, um, which, right, one, right. yeah, which one is your favorite and how did you f- figure, how did you figure out like, oh, I need to collect them all? Um, okay. So like, as at some point, I think I started listening to like, you know, cool grindcore and like stuff that Kurt Ballou from Converge has been involved in yes. and produced and a lot of his stuff does cover hm2 chainsaw tones yeah yeah. so (laughs) i kind of like dived in dove in that way and my first was the made in taiwan because that was the cheapest and most available one i could find yeah hm2 and uh from there i started finding that there are clone cloners and uh boutique builders and stuff and i think from my like surface surface diving i my favorite is like like there's they're interesting like i really love kurt Ballou's um you can you can style I oh think yeah pronounced it yeah is uh his his fuzz kind of hybrid of the hm2 is really sweet and it's kind of like it's almost like a double hm2 like it's really intense like Damn. really really uh like high like it's not it's not muddy at all it's just high gain high end and even with like the fuzz turned all the way down you know wow like, it's, just, it's just like because you got like your gain and your scoop and like your mid scoop control and then like the fuzz to make it even beefier and i usually turn that down so i can have more articulation yeah yeah but uh that one's pretty insane i recently got the uh dead is it dead air? Dead oh, air. Yeah, dead air. yeah. 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 That one's fucking cool too. <laughs> that one's like, that one has like some beefy low end and stuff. And it has a little bit more like EQ control on it. Um, and I have yet to use it like in a recording, but I, I want to soon. Oh dude. Uh, the thing I'm using the most right now is actually the done effects, uh, uh, death knob, which is just a HM2 EQ blend, like a one knob. Oh have yeah! It. I th- did you have yeah. that when we were up there? Uh, I might have just gotten it while you were here, and I think it was like in my pedal case, so I didn't have it like to show you. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that one's because I always had trouble with like I don't really know how to like probably rig my setup uh, correctly. <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
So especially with HM2 stuff, I mean, that stuff is noisy. So I always had a problem with like, even with my, like a, like a noise gate turns pretty extreme. There's always going to be static. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I was really, I was really just like, man, this is annoying and sounds unprofessional. So I, uh, ended up going with like getting, finding a typical, like clean, articulate like metal distortion i think i just got like the metal muff that uh has a built-in gate oh so I can, okay so i can skip getting a noise gate and i have that running into my amp actually pretty clean because i usually would have that pretty high gain or yeah relatively high gain yeah in the amp distortion to uh add to the hm2 pedal because usually you kind of need a little bit of both yeah um so that's actually turned down low because the metal muff has pretty good tone on its own wow and then i'm running that through the, the hm2 eq to kind of get it's like a little less chainsaw but kind of more of that like mid growl and uh but you can hear all my like little pretty chords that i'm playing instead of <laughs> getting like lost you know yeah exactly which is like see that's what i love is that like because like i've always when i found out uh, the only reason i knew about the hm2 was we played with this band Implore, like if you've ever heard of them, like they're okay. they're from I think Germany or something, like and we played with oh, them yeah. in, down in Pomona, like in in like yeah. some like DIY spot, and um, and I was told like I never saw his board because at that point I wasn't super into pedals yet. And uh, but now it's all you look at is like you're just staring at every pedal that's all like on the ground in front of you. You're like, oh, cool, oh, dude, that? You know? dude, completely like missing the song, dude, it, dude. Yes, I was about to say you have no idea like how often, but you clearly do because you just said it. Because yeah. like, because like when when like I see any bands playing, like it doesn't matter like what type of band it is if i see a pedal board i'm staring at that thinking like okay i see like a harmonist i see like uh -huh. like all this shit i'm like but i don't know what the fuck that one is <laughs> like yeah like, is that just a solid black box like, <laughs> not, you know logo on that. what is this dude and okay i don't know if you've ever had this but like like i always like because if someone were to come to up to us because like with my with my guitarist and and my vocalist like uh they have all the pedal like they have they use all the pedals i i just play drums right. i i wish i could i i've always i've oh, well this is tangent I've, through a fuzz or something. dude dude <laughs> i i keep wanting to get contact mics and like run pedals off yeah. my shit and yeah. I, i'm thinking about it it's just gonna be like a lot of work but i just that'd be so cool <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great. You, you you show up and the sound person is like, you have what? You want to fucking what? Dude, that'd be so funny. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Yeah, like, so, like, I always feel nervous to talk to people about their pedals because I feel like, in a way, they're always going to be like, well, don't, like, steal my stuff, like, like or, like, steal my yeah. setup or something. And yeah. I've, I've had that interaction before, and I've just, I like... It sucks because like if someone were to come up to me or like even my guitarist, like he he knows that like all the pedals he uses are like mine and my brother's, like because we just love buying them, but we don't we don't use them. And like uh he's like he literally points to me saying, like, ask him what they do. I don't know. Like I play them and they sound cool. Like and uh and like yeah, like I, I will literally tell you 
the way I'm, I set them up, the way they're like chained. Like I will, because I want people to be like, dude, this is cool. Right. Right. Cause it's like, it's a craft on its own. Yeah, dude. Yes. So yeah, that's why like, like again, thank you for letting us stay with you. That was so fucking cool. Um, no, that was, that was a blast. I mean, especially that was, I think my first show since, you know, the pandemic hit. So like, it was actually like such a breath of fresh air to like, hear good noisy music from like a new band i haven't seen before and then hang out with you guys and just talk shop and like like your backgrounds and music and everything i was like oh man like the world is kind of like creeping back to normal (laughs) that's so that dude that's so cool and crazy to think that it was like the first show back like i think yeah I can't. I think we had played like maybe two or three before that, or something like that, and then. Oh yeah, it was kind of like your start, the start of the run, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys, or it was the second show. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. Yeah, dude, it was it was so sick, and like, but yeah, dude, like I, I like hanging out with you was so fucking cool. Like and like like again, I loved when. <laughs> like i'm pretty sure i went to your bathroom and i saw your room like with like all your stuff and yeah. i was like and then i came out and i was like hey do you got like pedals and stuff <laughs> like i was so excited yeah and they're just like scattered across my floor like yeah. I, you need to find like i don't even know what you do with like a large collection of pedals it's like you need to just get like a whole shelving system to like display them or organize them because i it takes me like 10 minutes to find one i'm looking for because <laughs> they're all just in their boxes still dude exactly oh dude so, okay so do you watch pedals and effects with uh oh man it's the the guitarist from terra Mellos and juan oh, okay. aldo aldo all aldo or something i can't spell it i can't pronounce his last name but dude they no, have i need to find that because like you, you know how like pedal youtube is it's like blues guys that like don't <laughs> they don't use the, the pedal, pedal in any interesting way yeah <laughs> this is my clean tone and I just play a blues riff uh yeah so like i didn't even i I'm, think i'm missing out on a lot of like the cool channels i really only follow hm2 cult and i think and then like a doom doom uh pedal group but oh like, damn i didn't know that the terramellos guy had a channel yeah dude it's 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 um it's him and that other dude but they they com- combined their collection so like they have so many fucking pedals and they they literally will talk like just talk about them and like dude they had justin pearson on and they get they go over justin oh, P- oh dude yeah i know yeah i'm i like that one i've actually watched twice because i was like <laughs> i just love justin pearson's like brain yeah and like you just gotta like absorb all that like, dude wisdom. <laughs> dude dude seriously and like <laughs> Um, so anyways, yeah, like I, uh, watched that, but like, anyways, they have so many pedals, like they even do the thing where they like, they plugged in a hundred pedals at once just to see what it would sound like. And it was, God. dude, it was sick. Um, yeah. but anyways, like, I think you would love that channel and, uh, oh, yeah, I'll have to check that out, dude. It's so sick. But, uh, oh fuck. I, I no, anyways, like, yeah, I was, I was stoked to see like all your pedals and stuff and like, and like just when you said like the whole setting up all the pedals, they have it like literally right behind them. And there's like, like a, like, like 200 pedals just set up. And I was like, Oh my God, I would just want to yeah. look. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, it. Seriously. It's like a museum or <laughs> yeah. it's like, I've seen, I've seen some people when I'm like searching for a demo of a certain pedal yeah, and all these other channels will pop up, but they'll have like those racks on the wall that are like, uh, like 
from shoe stores, you know, like it's just like yeah, layers and layers of displays with the pedals sitting there, like Dude. in the open. Dude, which I mean, if you have a wall to just throw away, basically, or to, to invest <laughs> in, like, I'm not going to put anything here except for pedals. Sick, but like that takes a lot of space. <laughs> Dude. Dude, it, it it really does, and like, like I one day I would love to have that. Like, I just I love that. I and, and again, like talking to another person that also loves pedals, like is like one of my favorite things. Like, I'm not like super well like versed in them, but I know I love them, and yeah. like I will always like. I love talking to people about them no matter what. I'm like, oh, what does that do? And they'll say it. I'll be like, what does it mean though? And then they'll, <laughs> and then they'll like yeah. explain it to me sometimes. And I'm like, thank you. Like, but, uh-huh. but yeah, dude, like I, because like all those HM2 clones you have, I was just so stoked on them. <laughs> but like now there's just so many I keep seeing. I know. Getting built where I'm like, I really had to take a step back and like slow down because they all either are identical and it's like, what am I really buying? Yeah. Just like the same pedal in a different enclosure, which yes. is cool from a cool person. Yeah. And then, all right, am I actually going to use it? Is this actually like functional or is it just going to be a noisier thing? And I really had to slow down and like take my time with it. Yeah. Especially with, I found like, you know, when I have something that works for the, uh, the band I'm in, it's like, well, that's, we don't really need to explore that much more. Exactly, dude. No, I totally know what you mean because, like, my 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 friend is also like a pedal pedal dude, and he like, did you do you like abominable uh abominable pedals? I think that's what it's called. Um, uh, I yeah, some of it. Uh, there's been some like in our little group up here. We kind of have there's like a history with that. Oh, okay. Uh, manufacturer. Uh huh. But uh, so I haven't really dove in like myself. And, oh, like, trying their stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because like I heard about that just because they have one called like the Evil Ned that's basically an HM2 clone. That, yeah, that was I think a the collab with uh Kurt Ballou. Oh, that's oh that's what it was. That's why I was yeah. like I know it had something to do with him, but like Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyways, like okay, so I know this is all about like the HM2, but like I have <laughs> the Japanese one and like I've always like what like since you know these like what is really the difference between the taiwan and the japanese one um i think i think it's mostly like a history thing like okay want the original you know before it got um uh what do you call it like not deported but you know like it got outsourced yeah to like a, a more affordable labor uh country okay um so and i think even especially back then where it's like the pedals at the mercy of the parts and the builder that was like available. Oh, okay. Like there actually is a, a slight tonal difference that is like, even to like my ear isn't even that like fine tuned to like tiny differences like, yeah. of tone. Like I just kind of like turn my amp on and play. But, yeah. Like, yeah. Even I can notice there is a little bit of like uh, a bit difference between the Japan and Taiwan one. I think that Japan does does have like that sought after like that the pure HM2 sounds that is it's famous for. Yeah, and the Taiwan is a tiny bit less. Wow, but, that's crazy. Um, it's it's in my mind since I'm like I'm mostly a rec- a recording guy. Like kind of like built up like my DIY home studio over the years so yeah. like, i kind of that's what my main thing is is making my own music 
at home rather than like tone seeking and playing live. It's oh, okay. So uh, to me, I feel like you can have like a rig from like Sears and you just mic it and EQ it and mix it and it'll sound sweet. So like it wasn't, it wasn't like life or death for me to find the Japan one. Yeah. I kind of still want one just because of like the history and that I love HM2 so much. Exactly. But now like the price hikes are so crazy where it's like, whatever, I have a cool collection that I like. I wouldn't even use the original HM2 because they're old and noisy and like they've been improved upon so much since ne- since then. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I think that's, that's the main difference. And it, I'm happy that I have like, at least a Taiwan one. And yeah. that's what got me started on this. And I used it on my first couple, like on elder devils, first couple releases. Cause that's all I had at the, t- at the time. So I got my use out of it for sure. Hell yeah, dude. See that that's sick though, dude. Like, and that's the exact same way. Like when I see your collection, I'm just like, I just want them. Like, I just want to like, yeah. I, I would, I, I don't know. I just love like, first of all, like the enclosures are always really sick. And like, mm-hmm. again, like going back to Kurt Ballou's, I love his, like, like the juggernaut one. That one just looks so fucking cool. Like I love dude, that. Yeah. Everything. I wish I could just buy everything that he touches. I know. dude. I mean, he's a legend and like, kind of like my idol for like everything he does. Yeah. It's also similar. Like he, he produces and plays guitar in a sick band yep. and, you know, makes gear that looks cool and is functional and is like what i want to use yes yes it's like he does make he has like a good eye and good ear for like what he wants to build and unless he has like a designer friend that helps him do the visuals but like either way like it's good stuff yeah exactly and either way at the end of the day he's he's the one who's still saying like okay let's use that like because like also, his guitars just always look. I I love how like simplistic they are. Like like classic. Like dude, they're yes. Looks like just a, a rock and roll guitar, which is kind of like his sound anyway. It's not like metal. It's not head, yeah like a yeah modern metal tone. He's like oh, I'm just playing like rock music fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like I always want to play like one of his guitars and just be like, oh, this is what like a true guitar feels like. <laughs> dude exactly like that like i can't play guitar but i want to hold one and like mess around on it just because like, yeah. i feel like i might just be okay if i can hold a real guitar you know like <laughs> i bet it's like the complete opposite too and it'll just be like heartbreaking when you get it and you're like <laughs> dude, oh, I, can play, I bet i can play blues now all of a sudden and you try and then like your fingers don't work I really think like I bet I'm completely dependent on like my comfort tone that I built for myself. And if I tried to play anything like real, real music, I would not. I would just fail. <laughs> dude, that's dude. I know exactly what you mean. I, that's that's just me in, in general, you know, like <laughs> yeah. life. I'm failing at it. But like, um, but yeah, dude, um. Okay, well again, this has all been about pedals, which I'm excited about, but like um what what okay, it's still pedal, like of course, but like would you have a favorite company that you like almost like not buy every pedal because that'd be like you like your house is built out of pedals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But like yeah, do you have a favorite company? Uh I'm kind of like 
dip my dipping my toes into like all the new like boutique companies that I saw yeah. like like Dead Air like has a lot of awesome stuff. But I only yeah. have that one right. So, but I see like if I needed this kind of pedal, I'd see if they would have one exactly built already. But like they're cool. I found I don't even have anything from them yet, but I I found this company called Bardic Audio, and oh, they yeah? make really cool stuff. Um, I don't know. I think out of functionality and like availability because they're sold everywhere i think i just i have a lot of boss stuff and yeah a lot of mxr stuff just okay like you know like oh i need a chorus i need a uh a gate i need a whatever and they would have one and it'd be a pretty reasonable price so i just grab it you know so i don't know i feel like i'm not super loyal or like yeah, I don't exactly know, like, a, a core favorite or anything which which is i guess like a very like terrible question to ask technically because i'm the same way because i like i'm not gonna be like like i'm not gonna be like oh only only boss forever because like yeah there there's so many different ones like dude like there's one pedal my brother uses i bought for him uh that's a a spring reverb and it was like some like twenty dollar pedal off of uh off amazon and dude that's like is it joyo no, no, actually, it isn't. It, oh, okay. it, it, no, dude, Joyo's pretty sick, though. They're pretty um, sick. Yeah, I've had some stuff from them. But dude, yeah, yeah. I, they have, Amazon has like a crazy convenient selection somehow. Dude, it, they really do. Like the, the one that I, uh, that Spring Reverb is called like by M, M, M Moon. It's A M M O O N or something. And oh, okay. it's like some no name. Like, anyways, it's really fucking good. Like, dude, some of the yeah. Donner stuff or whatever, those are great. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, dude. It's just it's just crazy how many like cheap pedals are actually so fucking good. But yeah, I, I'm definitely not loyal to a company. I'm just like, right. I'm going to buy anything that may sound cool. Well, do, I mean, like you do you have any uh, Behringer stuff? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is the deal with Behringer being? I mean, like their materials are cheap because it's plastic but yeah. like good pedals still for dude, like 20 yeah. or 30 bucks dude dude because i have the hm300 which is uh-huh. a, dude that's really it's a really solid pedal yeah. and yeah and then i have their super fuzz which is a great dude, fuzz dude the super fuzz this oh my god that was uh i i think i owe the super fuzz like where my career is at right now because <laughs> Uh, when I started my uh, Doom Band Keeper, yeah, that was we were like, I didn't really know anything about pedals at the time. Yeah, I think I up until that point, I still was using like my Line Six. Oh damn, uh, head head for like everything. <laughs> oh damn, yeah, dude. And this was like a long time ago, and I was, I literally was that kid who was like, why would I buy pedals? I could just buy a Line Six, and it has <laughs> yeah. all the pedals built in. <laughs> Why? I don't understand. <laughs> but uh so I think my buddy in in Keeper with me when we started the Keeper, he was like, you know, we need a fuzz pedal for this. And so I just found a cheap fuzz and it's super and it's by Behringer, who I know, and they I used it and on that our first demo and people were like reviewing that demo, uh saying like the tone, the tone, like the, really, the, tu- the tube amps they must have been using and blowing <laughs> with for this record, and I was like, dude, this is like a twenty dollar pedal through a shitty amp, 
solid state. I was going to say solid amp, state. Solid state amp in running through cabs. Or like the amp is set to like two because I was in my apartment. You oh, know, like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, and it's just like it just got that tone carried across. Like, I don't know why. Like, I don't even really like fuzz pedals that much. Yeah, exactly. Super fuzz is like a different beast for sure. Like, it is so cool. Dude. Dude, and that's what I, 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 dude, I am so glad you own one because, like, <laughs> like it is, it is such, uh, dude. Again, you said it all. Like, it is such a good pedal for zero dollars, dude. Like, yeah, it's so unique. And yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure I bought a second one just for his, <laughs> my, uh, for Cameron's rig too, so we would have matching tones. <laughs> dude, that's so sick, dude. And like, so wait, okay, in that band, does he play bass or guitar also? Uh, he plays guitar. Cam- yeah, so Cameron and I, we both play guitar and do like co-vocals, like oh, okay. trade-off vocals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so we kind of had like a vision of our guitar rigs and like the, the stacks of amps and everything. And yeah, kind of had we we started off with the super fuzzes. I think we moved on from there to having like rat a rat going into different things. Oh, and, nice. Uh, we've we've changed it up a lot since then, but we definitely like our first couple releases were the super fuzz dude that <laughs> that's so i love that so much dude and like especially yeah. people know people say like dude the tone it's like holy yeah. fuck dude that's oh <laughs> man that still, like, goes back to like what i was saying like it just it depends on the mix like you can yeah you can have like a sick rig and the mix could kill it or just like dole it out but like i i respect and i appreciate like tone seekers and people that have like sick vintage gear but i like i don't have the knowledge or the patience for that like i don't really and i'm not handy like if if i blow a tube amp i will want to throw it away like i (laughs) don't know what to do with that you know i'll have to find help and it's so expensive to maintain and like i don't know i just kind of want to have a reliable solid state amp honestly that will kind of last forever dude and i i love that because like i have okay so i have a 5150 that uh ever since we've had it like it's i don't know something about it i don't like my brother's always been like yo that thing fucking sucks and i was like yeah it's like okay like oh and like um and that's the one too that's like the one that you would expect to be like everything yeah yeah exactly from, from, from his reputation at least exactly and like uh, usually i would love i i like one of my favorite bands ed gein like they use the 5150 and like yeah. their, their tone's fucking perfect and yeah but like ours just there's some like weird mud i swear it has and then but then we used on our i think i can't remember if it was the record that we're doing but like anyways like uh we used our friend's hot rotted one and dude that one sounds fucking phenomenal but like yeah but i i also own this fucking super cheap ass marshall head that's a solid state like <laughs> like like pra- like a like a bro oh, like, yeah i think i probably i probably had almost the same thing like the yeah. solid state marshall yeah dude and uh, yeah dude that tone like is- it has a has a few effects already like built into it right yeah dude it has actually like i, I think it has like two sets of five buttons that you could c- choose different things on it and like Shit. It, has, yeah. it has so many fucking knobs anyways <laughs> it, it was like i was like oh like we got the whole setup for like i think like 250 dollars it was like a smaller Damn. yeah it was like i think it was like a 
a 412 cab, but it's like a small one or something. But Like one of those lightweight ones? Yes, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we got that with the head, and I, pl- I I heard it. I was like, dude, this head sounds fucking amazing. Like, and it's... Yeah. I, I like I don't know why people shit on solid state like at all like first of all I don't know either yeah like it's gonna okay that yeah it could blow something but a tube's probably gonna explode before your solid state's ever gonna even wince at uh, like any pain like <laughs> yeah 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 dude but like yeah exactly when you said solid state I was like yes finally someone that's not like fucking tubes forever like <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean like. They're like, but there are people that that know their stuff, and they yeah. know like, like they they'll have a couple tube heads, and they'll be running into like a few cabs, yeah, or even just one, one, one half stack, and it'll sound crazy loud. And there's like full spectrum, like low end and high, yeah. Like, it just you just feels powerful, and yeah. then you play your solid state, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> like it's a little disappointing, <laughs> yeah. but it's still. It still gets the job done. Like you need to have like, you know, just make sure your bass player sounds cool and it'll fill up that space. <laughs> exactly. Like, and I don't know, like, like my buddy, my friends in Body Void, like their rig is crazy amazing. Like I think they just bought like a Model T clone and oh, wow, all this like supreme boutique like like worship cabs and everything, wow. custom cabs, like the full backline. And, you know, it's incredible and loud and, like, the heaviest doom you've ever heard. Yeah. But that's a lot. That's a lot to invest in and to maintain. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you know, it kind of just gives me, like, anxiety. And I'm fine. Like, I mean, sometimes I do play doom, but I don't really play that much that warrants, like, getting all that for myself. Exactly. Yeah. Like... And again, like what you said before, and I'm in the same boat, I respect like tone, tone seekers and like all that, like, I love fucking massive rigs. Like I, yeah, I, I, if I could have fucking four cabinets and two base cabinets behind me while playing every time, I would fucking love that. But like, first of all, I don't have a fucking bus and a giant ass trailer and no. the money to find all of it <laughs> or like an extra you need a whole extra room for that <laughs> seriously like, you need like a lot of space to carry all that <laughs> dude it's so true and like, like i'm i'm super fortunate i have a, a good friend who uh i've played in a couple p- bands with he was actually our uh our, our bass player in keeper when we did live shows for a while his name is chris and he's like kind of the guy one of the guys, one of the main guys around town. Uh, so he kind of runs one of our uh, DIY venues here. Oh, sick! And uh, that is kind of it. Kind of also houses his collection of cabs. Oh, that's like, sick! He's, he's a collector. He's a tone guy. Like he loves like all his old stuff. So like when we played our first keeper show, it was at his spot. So we like act dude almost everything he had like so literally like our our goal for keeper was like okay the guitars are gonna have a guitar rig and a bass rig that we're gonna be playing through hell yeah so we had i believe it was something like a full stack so like each guitar had two 412s (laughs) and then and then some sort of i think i had like a six 10 or something like that and then cameron had 
uh, two 15s, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. And then in the middle were two eight tens that Chris was playing through. <laughs> and it was no fucking way. loud. Like, it was, it was amazing to look at. It was cool to hear. <laughs> like, I, I hope people had earplugs or <laughs> unless, unless I'm just like, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I wish I could kind of play and sit in the audience at the same time so I could hear what's going on. Exactly. Because you can never really know if what you're playing even sounds good from like their perspective. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it was, it was legendary. And like, we still talk about it today. Like, like, man, that was such a cool setup. And, uh, but yeah, Chris has like all the stuff. I love playing at his space. Cause we can always just kind of like, you know, customize the, the rigs and like pull out extra cabs if we want them. And, but yeah, like he, Luckily, he has that space, that like kind of space we use for shows and practice, practicing and rec- recording, and he just has like all his cabs down there. Dude, that that, that I I love I love that so much. That sounds so fucking cool. Like and like yeah. j- just to be surrounded by that and be able to like him being able to, like yeah, just use it. Like, dude, <laughs> fuck, that's yeah. so cool. Damn, dude. Yeah, he's the, he's the man. Dude, okay, well I I like so. Uh, like this is like taking a huge step back but like 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 i i like asking this question but like who or what got you into music in general okay um so i've always had like a musical family oh, okay. like going back even like i didn't really know this at the time but like i got like even my grandpa like he sang in like his church choir and stuff like that okay. and he had a he had a music store when my dad was a kid and my dad kind of like helped helped him there and like they even had like a practice space room that they'd rent out to like bands in the area back in the day and i was like when i heard that i was like oh my freaking like that's that's so cool yeah so like i guess it goes back there and then you know i saw my parents like divorced and my stepdad he was always in bands too like he and uh he kind of like at his own recording studio in the house also. Oh, sick. And so he'd play like, just like kind of like rock and roll. It's like kind of basic rock and roll. And he got me into like Led Zeppelin and uh, Sabbath and Hendrix and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And my di- my mom, my mom uh, loves like Pearl Jam. Oh, and, hell yeah. Uh, so that was like kind of my, my childhood. And, but from my dad's side, like he, he played in punk bands in the area too. And like, so my mom had a punk background too from when they met. Oh, sick. And, but my dad would show me like, I, I think the heaviest stuff that I owe to like my parents and specifically, specifically my dad was Slipknot. Like, hell yeah. I, my dad showed me Slipknot. And then everything beyond that was me. But that was like my starting point, you know? So yeah. like my dad would show me like, uh dead kennedys and bad religion hell yeah uh coroner like it's random death metal bands like coroner uh and then slipknot and like things like that and then i kind of like go from there and and uh so i had like a kind of good background of like classic stuff and like rock grunge and punk and then was able to like find like heavy stuff from like myspace yeah and uh, I just kind of just like, I mean, I was a nerdy kid early on, and then somehow I just all switched to music, and uh, <laughs> I kind of just got obsessed with it, and um, was would find like the craziest stuff I could, can from MySpace because I started like 
learning what metal metal was and like hardcore. Yeah. And uh, there was even like a really good scene because I grew up in a mountain town kind of an hour away from the city that you guys were in when oh, okay. we met and everything. Yeah. So it was like really small, but we had our own like scene going on up there like uh, of, uh, you know, so like early or mid 2000s, like solid state, like uh, Christian metalcore kind of stuff. Oh, OK. Yeah. Because it was a big Christian community. And so a lot of it was based off of like that kind of like haste the day and under oath uh, as lay dying, like that kind of sound. Yeah. And there was like, there was like five really freaking good, like metalcore and post hardcore. I guess you could, I don't know what are like, genres don't matter, but like yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not real, Yeah, but it was that kind of stuff. And so they would have shows like in the back room of the local bowling alley. Oh, and sick. So I went to like the first, I heard like people talking about him. I was like, I'm going to go. And I, so I got a ride there and heard these like crazy, amazing, like legit, like metal bands. Like, and so there's a few locals and a couple out of town and like, they were playing, like, you know, they were screaming. I've never like heard that sort of thing before, you know? And yeah. I was kind of like, that changed my fucking life. And I was like, I need to figure out how to do this. Like, Hell yeah. I didn't, I didn't play anything. I didn't have any aspirations to like, seeing or do anything on stage before but i was like and i'll i'll learn i'll have to figure out i'll do something to do, like to do what they're doing and <laughs> i remember like that lineup was like a couple locals that like when it ended up going to do like kind of big things and like indie bands like from indian lakes whoa was, yeah was so like that guy Joey, he was a drummer in like a, a metalcore band, a Braille for Words back in the day. And then they went through like some iterations of different renames and lineup changes, and then it became Promidian Lakes, like kind of over the years. What? Yeah. And then like uh one of the touring bands was this this side of the nightmare, who after a few other lineup changes and uh name changes became a couple of the guys from Death Heaven. Oh, whoa, dude. Yeah. yeah. So like a lot of like semi-local stuff, like a few cities away, you know, and uh and then like I the the headliner, it was our CD release show, it was this band Ruins of Eden who played like like the fastest, like thrashiest but also melodic like kind of metalcore, death metal kind of stuff. That's sick. And, like I remember I was like they were like selling their CD, right? And I had no money. So I was like bumming like a dollar off of everyone I could ask at this show <laughs> cool. to buy this CD. I was so desperate. And I, I had a friend I, I remember I was like asking around and this random kid like from my class who he was there and like we never really hung out, but he was like, Yeah, dude, I'll help you find money. Sick. His name is Blake Ricker, rest in peace. He was like just helping me find money. I got the CD. I played that shit for ever. Like it's still one of my favorite CDs. Like dude, and it comes close to like what they were doing. And like, like years later, I ended up meeting their singer and like becoming friends with their singer. Cause he lives here and he's Buddha, like Dr. Buddha love is his <laughs> stage name. And he like fucking, I recorded his new bands. Like I, we play together all the time. His drummer is my drummer. Like, dude he's just he's just the guy like he's like he's he's a lifelong musician and he will always play in like 
a million bands and but that was like my first show and that i knew i needed to play heavy music from there and that was that was it dude that's so sick dude like <laughs> dude i love that see like that's something i love like I love here like, again. I've said that a million times. I love hearing people like come up through their like their own way and like, dude. Like, again, going back and like, I always find it so crazy because like my parents like would listen to like like normal like radio rock and all that stuff and like yeah. whatever's on the radio, and then but like when you said my dad showed me Slipknot to me that's like fucking mind-blowing like yeah like yeah S slipknot is like was it was it iowa or was it the self-titled record it was i i think he had the self-titled but i remember iowa specifically because of the cover like the the goat cover. yeah 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 I, so i think he had both i don't even think the third one was out yet at the time or maybe it was just well, it was like too new he didn't get it yet yeah and uh i remember i had to borrow them i don't remember like exactly how he showed me or whatever but like there was some point where like i heard it i knew i liked it and i wanted to like borrow it so i can put it on my computer yeah at home but i like for some reason i was so i was like this is crazy this is <laughs> like this music is crazy it's so dark and evil yeah that like i thought i had to hide it from my parents that i lived with <laughs> yeah even though like they would never give it like they like they were kind of like I was a good kid. Like that was kind of sheltered. I was a, like a goody two shoes kid. Yeah. Yeah. Same and, here. <laughs> but, but like they wouldn't mind what kind of art I was into as long as it wasn't like fucked up. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, but, like, yeah. But for some reason I thought like Slipknot was like, like they were scary, man. Yeah. Like, like from the, like their first listen. I mean like, especially in Iowa, was it their second song? He's like, I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. <laughs> Oh my god! I thought they were literally doing that. I thought they were like, like you know the show uh, Metalocalypse. Yes. Yeah. Where they're like people are actually like literally dying in their audience in yeah. the band's audience because it's a cartoon. Yeah. I thought that was like what Slipknot was like. I thought they were. I thought it were literally like sacrificing people and like as satanic as you can get. Not that I was like religious, but I was like, dude, I should probably like keep this quiet that i like yeah exactly <laughs> and then now now it's like the funniest thing because like who they've become since then and everything but they still i mean i was like still one of the heaviest records of all time oh yeah dude but yeah like that was and then now like i, I can return my, the favor to my dad all the time like i've gotten him into like dillinger escape plan hell yeah and uh fuck what else oh between the buried me is like one of his favorite bands now nice and uh all this stuff, like, I'll just show him, and he's like, he has like a really peculiar taste, yeah, and in in metal in general, but like, he loves like almost all of it. Like he like certain things were his favorites for sure. Like between those two, you can kind of like like get a gist of what he likes. Yes, those, like, easily, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, kind of proggy and math math kind of bands. But, yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's always fun like talking music with him, and like my stepdad too. Like he. Like we'll always talk music, but he definitely like he doesn't really care for the screaming as much. Yeah. Same with my mom. Like she's she it kind of like upsets not upsets her, but like it bums her vibe out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but like I think I got I got them in a Slipknot too because they were I think Slipknot's like kind of like the middle ground between like 
purely screaming all the time and like kind of still being a rock band yes exactly and like especially the production because like like i said like uh my stepdad brandon he uh is a producer too and like records and he listened to slipknot and he was like this is impressive just as a mix like how do they fit all this noise into like a, a, a stereo mix like it's, it's it's incredible and i was like yeah awesome man <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> dude but like i love that like he he's he's accepting of it even more because he's like yo like this this mix is dope like that's like another deeper level to know that like say he wasn't like into that or even if he wasn't into that he probably he would have totally respected it and probably like taken a deeper dive yeah. into it just because of the just way the craft of it yes exactly yeah. dude like and like, so i had a, a similar experience like with uh with like uh getting to like heavier music like it took me forever like but i think i've i think i've said it before but it was with the wrong band but i'm pretty sure like the first time I ever heard Entombment of a Machine, like, I yeah. I literally was, like, scared. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Like, yeah. I'm, like, I didn't know what I was if I was, like, like, if I believed in God or something like that. But I genuinely really thought to myself, like, if I listen to this, I'm going to hell. <laughs> right. And, like, because well, jo Johnny's vocals are, like, inhuman, especially dude. back then when he was doing the pig squeals and shit. Like, that dude. was... <laughs> That was something else, dude. And dude, like, <laughs> it and like, they were unreal, dude. Like, it was, yeah. it was crazy. And then, like, when I read the lyrics, like, it says, like, like, like something like its body's covered in wires. I just thought so fucking like I was like, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this means. Like, dude, I was terrified. So because I always tell people like, no, full of hell freaked me out the first time I heard him, which they did. But like, yeah, yeah job for a cowboy gave me that same like, I need to hide this or like, like <laughs> con confess that I listened to this band or something. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I I I, I kind of know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, that was a good era, though. It was like people like all these vocalists were still kind of like figuring out the sounds that they can do. Yeah. The sounds that were cool. And like everyone had their own kind of distinct style. And like, but yeah, it's like John for a cowboy, dude. That was that was good stuff. Dude, that yeah. was coming out. Dude, I like I I love Doom like that. That that record, <laughs> that EP is still like, yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude and then well dude like um i i like i wanted like because you like i again when we hung out like i was it was so funny like i still was so stoked when you were like yeah we're playing with napalm death and like and like i was the <laughs> only one that was like wait a fucking minute <laughs> like <laughs> like and like i was like did you just say it? and you're you're like oh yeah like well like i'm playing with him i was like how the like dude how did that like how did that happen? Like, that's so fucking cool. They've played Fresno. Like, for some reason, they always come through here. And, like, uh, I don't know. I think they just like the smaller smaller clubs still. Yeah, like, yeah. at this point in their career when they can do whatever. Yeah. But um, our our bassist, Ryan, in uh, Elder Devil, he uh, is in good terms with, like, Numbskull Productions, who's, like, kind of handles a lot of the main, like, punk and metal shows in uh kind of like central california but also 
I mean, my parents kind of grew up with him also like in Southern California. So like, oh, wow, he goes back far like, but he Ryan is close with uh, close with the main guy in our area uh, from the works for dumb school and works for or books shows for strummers, which is our kind of our main local mid-level venue. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. And um, like, it's not a stadium. It's just like a bar. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> that's, where all, that's where all like, I mean, the bigger like I'm trying to think of like big bands, but like Black Dahlia Murder and uh, like bands like that are successful and big will play play there. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so uh, he kind of has like dibs or he'll just be like, yeah, my band can play that or can open that. And, but for us, like it actually fit. Cause like their grind and we're grind, like yeah. it actually kind of worked out perfectly. And I think it was just cause like we were, it was, I don't know if it's like first come first serve or if they like wanted a certain level of band, but like we were just able to hop on as one of the local openers and they only added one other. So it was like just a three band show. Wow. Which was sick. You know, like, especially getting older, you don't want to sit through like eight bands no. and like be super tired <laughs> as much as you could when you were younger. But like, yeah, it was, it was great. And like, it was our first show back in a long time. Uh, like, I think since the pandemic started, we did play one show that was outdoors and it was more of kind of like, it was called like goth prom. So it was kind of more of like a multi, uh, like, arts thing like they had like fashion and painting and oh, like cool d- a dj and then like we were just one of the bands that played and that was also sick and there was a lot of people there but like this was the first proper show since the pandemic like for fucking like two years damn and it was insane like we like we have like a good stash of merch like we have shirts and tapes and records and stuff like that and we sold a lot (laughs) it was it was full and like the cool thing with napalm death is like they have history they're they're they've been doing this for what like 30 plus years yeah 40 years or something like that so like the crowd was like young kids and like like white-haired metal metal heads (laughs) and they were like you have never heard you guys but that was that was a good set i'll grab a shirt and I was like, oh fuck, this is so cool. Dude, like what? all these people that like never heard of us before, but uh yeah, like it was it was really fun. And uh Napalm is just like <laughs> they're legends for a fucking reason, you know? Like they're just so solid after all this time and like the the sage presence and the songwriting is just like on point. Dude, that's so sick. And like because I I first heard of Napalm Death uh, uh, Napalm Death like a couple of years ago like only like probably at, at least at like five years ago at this point but like yeah um the because my friend was like yo listen to Scum and I was like oh okay yeah. and like I did I was like oh my god like and like I remember listening to that like on repeat like I think I listened to it three times in a row or something like that and I was like this is sick yeah. and then I for, I for I I I and I I wish I would have like. Like when you said it, uh, I wish I would have been like, dude, I need to listen to that. But I always forget. Like, I, there are so many fucking bands that I just forget to listen to. But like, oh, dude, it's like it's never ending, <laughs> dude. E- exactly. And like, so like, I'm gonna listen to it because I remember hearing that for the first time, and and I was just like, oh my god, dude. Like, I felt yeah. like in the same way that like he told me to listen to, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but like Nails' first record. Oh yeah, in, in, 
uh, unsilent death. Like he was like, yeah. like yeah. He, he was like, yo, you need to listen to that and scum. And I was like, oh, okay. And like both of them, I was like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Like, cause that's like, especially the, the legacy of scum and yes. like napalm death in general, like the stuff that they started and you can still hear like that, the, 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 uh, road that they paved like yes. in music moving forward. And it's cool too. Like the stuff that they're still releasing is still good. Like their last few records, are, have been like great like i've really enjoyed them it's not like a band where they're only playing the hits from like the 90s oh wow because, no way because they I, like their last i i really like like their new songs and this like because the production is it's not super polished it's still like grindy but it's nice and heavy and loud yeah because like that's just the world that we're in now where like a band like this can get into a nice studio yeah and uh like they're still just doing it like they didn't they're not like oh yeah they were great but you know they're still touring just like because it's their job yeah yeah no like napalm death is still like full-time making great music touring and haven't like slowed down like they're still just doing exactly what they've been doing that's so fast like 20 or 30 years that's so sick dude and i love again like that's like the dream <laughs> like just fucking yeah. like yeah fuck dude that's so cool and like <laughs> knowing that they keep doing it and like i don't know man i i love I, I i respect that of course so much like and like being able to hear it like it's oh dude that's so fucking dope and like just like you said like the stage presence after all this fucking time still fucking killing it that's ridiculous i know it's like it's so respectable yeah <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> Dude, and then also like, like again, I when uh, you you mentioned fucking Napalm Death, and like, and and then and then yeah, you were like, and then prosthetic, and I was like, wait a minute, like, uh, dude, I was just yeah. so like, I was so, it, it made me so happy because like, first of all, I always feel like people are gonna like brag about that stuff, and like you were totally like, yeah, th- like this happened. It was kind of like you like whispered it because like you, I <laughs> I felt like you didn't want to be that dude, which you weren't. And no, I, well, because it still feels weird. Like, I bet I don't. I don't really like bringing it up just because it's like I'm not trying to. And also, like, I mean, we don't really have anything to show for it yet. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not out. But like, I, once it's out, I'll probably be like, "Hey, um, by the way, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this exists, yeah, <laughs> dude." But like, like, I, I'm, pr- I, I know I asked you then, but like, dude, how did? Like, how did that feel? Because, like, that's such a big, big deal. Like, yeah. And, like, okay, well, yeah. I guess, I guess for the listeners, um, uh, so I, I play guitar in, uh, I have, I have studio band, a lot of studio bands mm-hmm. that are like two pieces. And one of them is Plastic Bag Face Mask, which yep. is like my math core band. Yep. Uh, I have Keepers, my Doom band. A Hellish Form is my Doom, um, like super group with body voids um guitarist willow uh elder devil is was my former studio band and now is like a real band uh that's like more grindcore uh like uh, i want to i try to be like black and hardcore but i'm not brave enough to actually claim that <laughs> title <laughs> and um and then there's like a few i like a few other things i'm into like that are either stalled <laughs> cuz something's not finished or uh, in the process of getting made, uh, I just joined. Don't don't cry for me. I'm already dead. 
uh, screamo band that is trying to put a record out with somebody right now. Hell yeah. But, uh, El- Elder Devil um, is kind of my baby with uh, Steven is our vocalist and Ryan plays bass and Pete plays drums and he's Pete's also involved in like a billion other local bands and he's just he shreds the drums <laughs> Hell like, yeah. for everyone in town. But uh, that uh, we did we were fortunate to like kind of get in communication with prosthetic records. I think like last year. So cool. Um, That's so cool. Where like, they just literally like the prosthetic Instagram account followed us. Like, that was it. <laughs> That's insane. They just, they just followed our Instagram account and we noticed and we we're talking to each other. Like, does this mean anything? Like, why would, why would they do that? You know? <laughs> so body void who we're friends with, um, they also like recently signed to prosthetic maybe a year before Damn. and they uh and it was funny because i mean they're fantastic and solid and professional and like sound amazing and have already put out like several records with like other cool labels like uh crown and throne oh, stuff cool. like that and um where so they they made sense right but my but ryan and our band was like they've they opened the gates or whatever. Cause like, they were kind of like our age group, our kind of level, even though they're a million times better, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, he, Ryan felt like body void being on a label, like prosthetic is like, Oh, they're op- actually like a real obtainable or, thing. Yeah. Yeah. An obtainable thing. And then like prosthetic also went on to sign bands like amygdala and, um, like pupil slicer and death goals yeah like recently too that are like younger and like kind of like this this generation of like hardcore kind of music where it's like kind of like a mix of sub- subgenres like it's not like just death metal that are like old dudes wearing cargo shorts and like <laughs> have long hair you know like it's, there's a little more variety of what they're doing so but i i brushed it off as soon as ryan said that i was like yeah i mean whatever yeah exactly and then, and then prosthetic ended up following us so i was like oh crap wait a minute and so i met, talked to willow and who from body void and i was like does this like should we pursue this and they're like yeah you should totally just like hit him up this is um the person that we were talking to and sent me a contact and i wrote to them saying hey like we're working on an ep i don't know if you want to hear that <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that contact <laughs> was like, oh, that wasn't me, but I'll forward it to whoever did follow you. And <laughs> dude, so dude. I got ended up getting an email from that contact who actually did follow us. And he was busy. He was like in in California, actually, like on a, like a family vacation. And he was like, oh, yeah, um, I was I've been meaning to message you guys. Actually, uh, I'm busy right now, but I'll yeah, I want to talk to you. Dude, that's insane. Oh my God. And that was pre, like, so we we're working on an EP, like our first EP with this live band with Ryan and Pete of like real songs, right? Not just like studio uh, MIDI drum stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. That was all we had up until that time was like uh, an EP and a full length that was, yeah, like DIY um, MIDI drums and my guitar. And he apparently heard that like heard that record and was like oh yeah cool i want to talk to this band 
and that was like what sold it so like he wasn't even really like i think i did send him the ep before it was released and he was like yeah cool thanks anyway <laughs> no way. do you want to work with us and i was like what? oh like i thought i had to apply like <laughs> you know so uh, and we just kind of talked about like what they have to offer and kind of what is expected from us and they drew up a contract and everything which was kind of also heavy because like every other label interaction before then was like a text like a handshake you know just yeah. like hey we'll we'll print this we'll send you some and that's it yeah but this was like there were terms you know that's but also so at the crazy. same time it, it it still feels like the same kind of deal as with those other labels where it's like yeah we'll 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 print this we'll we'll send some can you do this in this time and then well yeah that's it like it wasn't it's kind of still feels like a chill chill group like a chill label it's like it doesn't feel like it's not like anything major you yeah know? yeah but uh we actually just got the masters like approved yesterday oh sick for the new album and and so i have like a full like folder of like you know artwork and all this like text info and promos that we had to take were uh uh to send to the label and be like all right um here you go <laughs> dude that's so cool to, yeah <laughs> so uh, i don't i don't really know what the like the release window looks like or what like they're planning to do especially with like how backed up vinyl is yes. in the world right now yeah but uh, uh i guess we'll see like in the future like hopefully uh hopefully it's not like too far away that we can get this released and out there because it's been driving me crazy like <laughs> the anxiety of like this album trying to make it good and also that it's like going through prosthetic has been like a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> dude and like okay so like with with that like first of all like it just knowing that on the back of that record is gonna say prosthetic is so like sick it's weird yeah <laughs> dude i love that's so cool because like i love that like you're like still freaked out by it because that makes it <laughs> that makes it even cooler because like yeah because i i've, I've definitely like talked to some people that are just like yeah like it, it's cool like but you're just like yeah, but why? <laughs> like, yeah, I still don't really know. I always, I always, every label I talk to, I feel like they messaged me to like release something that I'm a part of and uh, out of like some sort of like good faith. Yeah. And then once they start working with me, it's like they regret it, but they can't back out now. <laughs> I always have that feeling in the back of my head, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, like extra powerful right now <laughs> with, with prosthetic and I, but i like and it's funny because like they you know like you don't really want to send them or if you're in their position you don't really want to hear something that's not done yeah so they haven't even heard this album yet and it's like oh no way i, I hope i didn't change something from what they liked before <laughs> you know like, i hope this is still good um but yeah like it's in like it is I feel like it's not a big deal. Like I, I when I tell like coworkers or people who are kind of more uh, normie, yeah, you know, yes. like like they'll be like, "Whoa, is this? Does this mean you're gonna quit your job?" And you know, like <laughs> totally, what this, yeah. What does this mean? Like, you're gonna is it gonna make a lot of money from this? And I'm like, no, I just like 
<laughs> I, I just want to. <laughs> I'm just still making music that I want to make, and then it's has a logo on the back. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this <laughs> is just I. You know, a prosthetic made put out this record from my childhood, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's sick. Yeah, oh. like. And it's crazy. It's like their their roster is kind of just all over the place. And I forget like who has been involved with them in the past. And it's like, oh, wow. Kind of like kind of crazy. Like just kind of being in that list. Dude. Yeah. Like you can say like no matter what you <laughs> you're on that roster. Like that's yeah. that's so crazy, dude. Like yeah. and <laughs> it's so cool. Like <laughs> it makes me so happy because like again, like like again, like I love that your like energy is just like, yeah, but like are you sure? Like uh, like <laughs> like I, I yeah. love that so much. I mean, they already sent us like the budget for it so it's <laughs> like kind of too late too late for them yeah you know? like, exactly it's, it's not really worth them backing out so <laughs> it is what it is dude okay so so like with with like all of that happening like that idea um do you feel like it's like bad to put out like say you you get the album it's like approved by prosthetic and they're like yeah like this is fucking dope um if they were to say, or like, I don't know if they've said like, okay, we want to press this, but like, we want the record to like the vinyl to come out at the same time as the record. Like, do you believe that putting out an album before the vinyl comes out is a big hindrance on, if that's even a word, uh, on the, on the vinyl sales? Or do you think that like the vinyl coming out, let's just say six months to a year later, will just reinvigorate the liking of that record. I think, I think the latter for sure. Cause I okay. think, um, at least as a consumer, cause I'm like, I, I fucking, I love Bandcamp. I love bands that have a Bandcamp. If yeah. you don't have a Bandcamp and you just have Spotify or something, I probably won't even have a way to listen to you. <laughs> so like, I love that Bandcamp, you can have your merch is all there and everything. Yeah. And, from what I've seen and what I've experienced uh, over the years, it's like, yeah, I think put a, if you're going to do multi-formats, tapes and CDs are really easy and quick to make. So, like, you could have that available and the digital available and just say, like, hey, you're pre-ordering the vinyl, but you're still going to get the download right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that becomes, that becomes like, second Christmas six months or a year later <laughs> yeah. and just get a random record that you forgot about in the mail. I hope that's what they do. I I don't know. I don't know if that's been discussed already or because uh, I kind of like I'm trying to I've been very quiet with them just because of my own, you know, like the the paranoia. Yes, of course. Having where like, <laughs> yeah. But now that it's done and like when I have the final masters, I'll be like, OK, here's everything. What do we do now? Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Uh, and so we'll see what it is. I feel like if it were me and like if I and I do a lot of my own like self releases, like Plastic Bag has like some DIY tapes and CDs and stuff like that, where uh, we have done like, OK, release dates today is streaming everywhere. CDs are about like another like a couple weeks out. Yeah, yeah. OK. You know, and because. I feel like that would still be good for the sales because it, the link is still there. You know, it's yeah. not like I don't really know of people who 
they think it's like a risk to buy something that doesn't exist yet yeah for this kind of like for for music you know like i feel like there's no one who would scam openly like scam people and be like no you're not getting your pre-order refund because we didn't print it like exactly i think everyone's pretty on the level for especially if a label that's like has this much name recognition yeah so i i hope that's what they do um that just makes the most sense to me but yeah i'm also like prepared to be like trying pretending to be excited about songs that are two or three years old yeah exactly when when the record does come out you know but then that'd be good i mean if it if they did do digital release and then vinyl whenever it's done that would just be another boost in the future when the vinyl as is on hand they could be like hey remember this check check this out again they'll do a couple more posts and i don't know we'll see yeah dude like like the the, but like the like like literally you said it like perfectly when you said second Christmas, like I didn't think about that. Like, because I, of course I, I, I was under the impression, like I was like, okay, I want the vinyl to come out at the same time. But I was like, well, if I finish a record now, it's going to be a year, like 100%. Like it's going to be 12 months from now or if, if not longer. And, but like saying that it was like, Oh fuck, but people can pre-order it and see like the rough layout of what it's going to look like. And then also fucking get it like, like randomly. And they're going to be like, Oh my God, I forgot. I bought this. Yeah. And- which is, that's a lot of fun is forgetting, like buying something and forgetting about it. And yeah, then I spent, well in the day, the day we live in now where like a lot of stuff has two day or same day shipping. Yeah. But I remember, I remember I would like order stuff like CD, like, like job for a cowboy CDs when I was a kid, like, yeah. and hope, oh, I hope it comes this week or yeah. maybe next week. <laughs> exactly. And then when it finally does, it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like it's still pretty fun to get like, at least now you're probably listening digitally more often anyway. So you're going to get that download. Like if, if, if they announced it, Hey, this is coming up, pre-order the vinyl but we're not going to release anything until a year from now when the vinyl's out. Yeah. That's kind of rough. That's kind of like you have to be excited for a minute when you, when you check out and then you just have to pretend, well, maybe I'll hear this in a year. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. (laughs) Damn dude. That's yeah. That fuck. That would suck so bad. Like it's like, Oh man, I'm excited. I forgot about this band. And then when you get it, it's just like, Oh, okay. But if you like, if you know the record now and then can get the physical record, then like, first of all, you're going to get reposts of like people posting pictures of the vinyl, yeah, like yeah. all that shit. Like then again, reinvigorating the band. And like, okay. So I am so glad you explained it the way you did, because that's, <laughs> that, that is now my like mantra on that because yeah. that's fucking perfect. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure we are going to do multiple formats and nice. I, the CDs will be like pretty like upfront yeah. available. But like, I do get it. Like it is really nice to have everything on the page at the same time. Yeah. And, like ready to ship out, especially if people order like both. Yes. They're either going to have to get shipped separately or just wait. Exactly. Which is kind of a bummer. And like, well, with hellish form, we're on a translation lost records. And oh, sick. The, the first release with them, we, they just did vinyl and they're like, yeah, you can do other formats yourself if you want. And so we're like, okay, let's find someone to make tapes. And 
but we didn't we thought of it later so like the vinyl came out i actually think that one was digital and vinyl at the same time because i think they kind of got a little bit ahead of the the backlog oh wow or something i don't remember i maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong but so it was released and we had the vinyl button on our Bandcamp, right and then afterward we're like ooh let's do tapes and we added the tapes after the release right yeah so we kind of like missed the release day traffic but you know Bandcamp still notifies everyone who you know every customer every like follower so though they came back and was like oh yeah i do want to tape but then that that would be a separate transaction which i felt bad about exactly yeah and then and then we did it again and (laughs) we were talking because everyone was asking cds cds and we're like no those aren't really cool are they (laughs) but then we realized no everyone's asking for them so let's make cds and we made cds like way later and put those on the page too and but everyone had already bought either a tape or vinyl that our CD sales were actually way less than we were expecting after everyone asking for it. Damn. That so, be, yeah. But I think we're going to do the same thing for album two, which is also almost done where um, we're going to have tapes, CDs and vinyl of like available to order day one. Hell yeah. That's oh Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, honestly, like vinyl is insane, but tapes and CDs are so cheap and easy to make. Like, exactly. In comparison, and uh, uh, we got like Digipack CDs made, and I I think those are always beautiful. Like I yes. just love having that like glossy cardboard fold out and everything, and uh, uh, it's kind of neat to have a reason to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't know what it is about Doom, but Doom, the Doom community, they just love physical copies they are they support and they buy everything like i after growing up in plastic bag and like trying to build a following and like trying to make cds at diy that we thought were really cool and like now like a couple people buying them yeah and having so many like left over <laughs> uh it's nice to have some like actual uh not regret in getting stuff printed <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah dude i yeah because i feel i would feel the same way i'd be like well no one's gonna buy these like yeah. <laughs> yeah plus i mean like the second album too i mean you never know like that could just like reach more people that you didn't reach the first time and then they'll see oh they still have cds of the first album and exactly yeah like it could boost that again that's odd. See, I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, like I, I know what you mean because like my band, we pressed fucking eight tracks and no one has yeah. an eight track player. Yeah. And like, but no, your guys' merch game is like awesome. Like, everything <laughs> is so fun. <laughs> when I was looking at your table and your, your website afterward, when I got home, I was like, fuck, this is so, this is so sweet. So sweet. Dude, dude. I, it, it's just like, like, I don't know. Printing merch is like so much fun and we like to have yeah. like dumb stuff. It's addicting. Yeah, dude. It's so addicting. It's the best <laughs> man. Like, yeah. At, at one point, like, um, I, I made, I have this like little homemade, like lathe cutter and, uh, oh, whoa. yeah, it's, it's really shitty. It's like literally like, uh, <laughs> it's like, it says like, it's an adult toy. I know that sounds gross, but like, it's a fucking toy that like an adult can build. And, um, 
and like you build it and you can like cut your own like shit and so i did that with one of our singles but what we did was we i don't know if you saw it but we made it on the bottom of playstation one discs so like oh yeah like yeah it's fucking they i'm still That's so stoked insane. on that insane yeah <laughs> do you know what i want to do for i i don't know if i'm going to do it because of someone i kind of made us an offer yeah but uh uh plastic bags are next thing it's just like it's really short i think it's like five songs nice and so i was like okay kind of dumb to pay for like five short songs to be on a tape yeah or on like a full-size cd but what happened to those like gamecube sized mini discs dude those, those still exist i i and do so I looked they it have up. to they do do i because i i have some i you know um uh fuck fuck uh like justin pearson's other band um holy molar or uh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. holy molar i think i even have some like i don't remember if i have a locust yeah the, the like, locust like weird square like mini yeah disc. The, yeah mini, the, the square mini discs and i think i have a agoraphobic nosebleed mini disc nice yeah those those exist so i found a company that prints mini discs dude and <laughs> and i was gonna do that i was like hey like disclaimer this might not play on your thing, but like just collect it, you know, it's just, it's just a collector's item. Yeah. I thought that'd be super fun. And I was trying to find if there's a company that still makes like GameCube cases. Oh, dude. That have, that have the form fitting slot, you know, but it's like a DVD case. Yeah. And I didn't really have any luck with that, but that was my idea. I wanted to have like GameCube plastic bag face mask released like dude. CD dude yeah. that would have I been sick was, yeah because i like i i haven't seen that like i might do it but i think like there was a a, a label that hit us up and um that does tapes and cds but like I don't, it might still happen maybe i can like say hey i actually had this idea for it but, um, <laughs> dude that's so sick because i was trying to just you know like you kind of have to think of something creative which like you guys are totally on top of and that's like the fun stuff that you do want to collect even even though like you put it on your shelf and it sticks out like it doesn't fit exactly. everything else. <laughs> exactly. But, um, <laughs> like you have to put it somewhere weird and yeah. special. But uh <laughs> it is like that is cooler to have like weird stuff like that and not just another jewel case or Yeah. Yeah. Dude, dude, I love that GameCube idea. That is it's that's <laughs> so good, dude. Like I miss those, dude, because like it just felt like when you pick up that little tiny disc, it's like this feels right. Like, yeah. This is a nice, this is the perfect size for like a piece of media. It really is, dude. I'm surprised. Like we never went to like, because imagine like a micro, like I never had like a, like a micro CD, like, or a, whatever it's called, like mini CD, uh, player. Yeah. But like, if they had like, those, those would have been fucking choice back in the day, dude. Like, I know a little, a little pocket thing. Cause yeah. like, it's still, I still was, uh, when I was, when I found the company that prints them, or duplicates them it was still like i think you could fit like 35 minutes on it whoa like it's not it's not like like a seven inch you have to fit like it's you it can only fit like five minutes that's yeah ridiculous. exactly it still is like there's still a lot of full lengths that are like they could fit on a mini disc that's know, like, cool you, you don't need the full like the full size cd for most stuff so like it could have caught on i'm surprised like you're saying like i'm surprised it didn't because i remember bringing in my like walkman cd player to school and trying yeah. to fit like fit it in my baggy jeans <laughs> exactly in my pocket and it like barely would fit and every step you take would skip the cd 
So <laughs> exactly. like, but if we had if we had the three inch mini players, that would have been fucking perfect, dude. It really would, dude. That I'm again should have caught on, like and like caught on, like it's weird. Yeah, but it never did. Um, it's crazy, dude. Like I mean, remember those like little chip things that like in sync and Britney Spears it, hit clips. <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> those got those were like cool for like a week yeah, you know? yeah right like, but like way less functional like that's kind of dumb i mean it was 15 seconds or something and it was just like the same clip dude dude if you can find a company that will repurpose hit clips <laughs> oh i know that would actually be yeah if, if there's some like tech guy that is like uh like erasing the data on it and yeah. like scrubbing yeah to put to put to put new audio on there like that would be that'd be awesome oh my god dude like a, pa- a, pl- a plastic back face mask hit clip dude oh my <sighs> god that'd be fucking Fuck. perfect just on a little keychain isn't that what they're on they're like little keychains i think so <laughs> yeah dude. holy shit dude oh that's my the, god that's the next project dude that and like making your own bop it dude like that like just like it Whoa. was <laughs> Or like, yeah, like those uh, uh, circuit broken like Game Boys, but like have it programmed to play your song somehow. Dude, through, like the through that tiny like half inch speaker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude. Okay, so I I know you just said circuit bending. Like I had one of my like this dude I met at a show forever ago. He I sent him a couple pedals because I was like I don't give a shit about these. Like they they were like really bad and okay like, yeah and he's like not useful yeah dude they, they were just like I, it was like i forgot it was like this fucking like was it like an overdrive or something i don't know it was it was stupid but it didn't like work right it like didn't have any okay. color or anything so i was like here have this and then i sent him like some uh octaver or something like that or a ba- yeah. like a bass octave pedal or something uh-huh. and like he circuit bent them and like it was just so cool to get back like with it, random knobs and bullshit coming out. Oh, Dude, it was cool. Like they, they, they one, he, he literally told me he was like, this one never really works, but it sometimes does. And then this one, like, <laughs> like has, like, if you turned it up, like if you turned it up all the way, it didn't work. But if you turned it down slightly and then mess with other knobs, it would do weird ass sounds. But like, Dude, oh, wow. circuit bending is one of the coolest things. Fucking. I love that so much. It's crazy. It's like mad scientist yes. work. Like I do not understand it, but it is. It's really cool. Yes, dude. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Like I kind of wish I had the like inspiration to like figure out how to fit that into a song. You know, because yes. you kind of have to like. It's not. You can't approach it like music, like writing a riff or whatever is like, well, this is going to be the noise part. <laughs> exactly. And then just try and make it work. But like every time I try and do that, it feels forced yep. and like artificial. So like, I don't know, but that stuff is really cool. Uh, our drummer, Pete, he actually is like really good at like, like harsh noise music. Oh, stuff. wow. And uh, so like we are, just, there's a song we were at first just going to do an interlude, right. To break up like, the second to last and last song on the elder devil oh, album yeah. and it kind of turned on and turned into its own song oh cool it's just like harsh noise and like a kind of like a, a kind of a couple loops and we threw some vocals on it but it's sick and like we basically spent like a day just like fucking around and like i was just recording stuff to like 
find like all right what what can we make out of this and he was just like improving and just was making these crazy sounds off of like a couple pedals and a contact mic oh and, that's sick yeah like it's it's really cool stuff i really like it and i know it's like it's such a niche like genre yeah but it's i don't know i feel like that's like genuine like like punk and metal like mentality yeah just like make crazy noise out of like okay like music is out of electronics now let's just make music out of these electronics yeah exactly (laughs) that's so sick that's so cool dude that like and exactly it is definitely like well like i'm gonna fucking just make a wall of sound like and yeah yeah and utilize every frequency and like just push just push like the the spectrum as hard as it can go yes dude that's so cool (laughs) yeah dude oh man okay well dude i have two more questions for you okay okay so let's just let's just go with elder devil on this one but like if your band if elder devil was a tv show or a movie what would it be okay uh that's pretty hard but i think (laughs) i think like i'll kind of like put it like in a vague window okay um also not brave enough to really commit to it but like (laughs) I think I think most of my bands would be like an A twenty four movie, <laughs> nice. But like maybe trying to be an A twenty four movie, like someone who's trying to be like art- artsy and dark and like mysterious, but like maybe not really quite hitting the mark, like not being one of their like bigger. Uh, box office hits yeah you know like maybe like something that they kind of sweep under the rug yeah um but i think maybe elder devil could be something that's like one of those like uh woodsy like there's something there's something uh cosmic or ancient in the woods that's like stalking people (laughs) that's awesome that's sick but actually i think i'm gonna have to throw down a bonus answer for plastic bag i think we would be one of those late night like the less popular adult swim like <laughs> weird those really weird shows that are like super dry like that uh you remember that like renegade angel show that was like really cheap cg no dude that's animation so- that just sounds uh, awesome uh, right <laughs> dude, there I, I, it's a long title but it's something renegade angel but like there's you know like when you you fall asleep and you wake up and adult swim is still on yes and, like <laughs> what is this this isn't even they don't even advertise this show like what is going on like just like almost like trash art yeah really obscure stuff that's awesome not that not that we're even like that obscure and like out there but just like we fucking we're just kind of dumb yeah (laughs) that's awesome I i think that lines up that sounds so perfect dude (laughs) oh my god dude (laughs) and then okay and the last question is what has been the best show you have ever played and then give me the worst show you've ever played okay um okay oh oh no i got it actually i think my uh, the best um they're kind of actually similar but they're two separate shows (laughs) like 
It was when it was uh, the first one was Plastic Bag Face Mask, who we've always had like a hard time playing shows because like we were a two piece trying to sound like a full band. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't I didn't really know how to pull that off at the time. Uh huh. And also we were like trying to do math core but not being smart and like educated about music and <laughs> actually honestly would like have trouble remembering like what's the next part of this song <laughs> and like, together and stuff like that and uh so it's like pretty sloppy and didn't know where we fit in because like i only knew like the metalcore scene in yeah. fresno at the time and i didn't really know that there were like grind and like noisier people in town that we would have like mashed with better yeah but somehow, somehow we got a gig opening for Dance Gavin Dance. What? At basically Strummers, but at the time it was called the Star, the star Line. Yeah. And uh, dude, we sold enough. To, and this was one of those. It was a not pay to play, but it was selling tickets. Oh, God, tickets. dude. Yeah. Because that was like kind of like that was the era in Fresno. Like that was the only thing you had to do. You could do was pre-sell tickets to play a show yeah which sucked but um especially for us because we were stupid and we had <laughs> all tickets to our friends in the in oakhurst in the mountain town yeah who couldn't even drive to fresno so like <laughs> we would never sell like enough but we like we would always show up and they'd be like okay well get on stage then no way you know? that's awesome <laughs> so uh but we somehow we sold more than the other local band so we were actually on second what no way (laughs) and there were already people there and it was like this it was like a real venue so it wasn't something you could just like go in and out easily where people would like leave during your set it was like your people were there for dance game and dance so they were there to also they were gonna watch us yeah it was it was packed and we had there was was actually a sound guy so that someone (laughs) actually was mixing our our rigs you know so like and we did our full set and it was actually fucking solid. And there was the first time we played with like a light show, you know, and like the crowd was hyped. The crowd was moshing for us and the front row was hyped. And we had this stupid, you know, okay. So like, like you're saying with Joffrey Cowboy, like in the beginning, like, you know, remember, like metal songs on MySpace back in the day were like unnecessarily violent. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, ignorantly violent so like we had a song <laughs> one of our first songs we ever wrote where uh there was like the rest in the before the last breakdown and our drummer or because uh, it was a co-vocal thing again for yeah. this band too and uh patrick he was like i'm gonna do this thing and in like the, the the quiet part he's like what do i do now guys bite the fucking curb you know and <laughs> And no that was way. like the mosh call out. So that's where that's where the breakdown drops is like right there. Yeah. And so we we're gonna have like we we're gonna teach the audience that thing and do like a call and response or whatever. I don't know what it's called, but like we we're gonna say, like, what do we do now, guys? And they're gonna yell, bite the fucking curb. So yeah. we kind of like got quiet. This is the last song of our set. Oh we're no, teach dude. Them that and we're start talking to them. And then the sound guy was like, Okay, I guess you're done. And turned our shit off. No way. Yeah. <laughs> So we were like trying to talk to the audience and they're like, what happened? And we're like, I, I don't know. I guess we're done. And uh, the, the PA, the background music came on, like faded on. 
and dude everyone was like bummed out like the audience was like we wanted to hear the end and <laughs> but like otherwise really great show and then i think the other one would be uh the napalm deaths one because and which because like almost the same reasons it just was like a packed show and everyone was the energy was on point like everyone was stoked to see us and that's it was so like, sick it felt like uh oh this is why this is why i do this yeah like even though it's not like i, I just like to record and release stuff like, yeah i uh, but uh, it was also it felt it felt nice for like the same reasons, and we did get to finish our set. <laughs> we got to. I like that. That's a term that you can say. Yeah, at least we got to yeah. finish our set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, but the for la- the the worst one would be uh, we got so keeper. Um, we played a couple local shows, but like honestly. It was like kind of a band that was set up to be a studio band and we're trying to uh transcribe or like trying to arrange the songs or trying to fit them into something that we could play live. Yeah. With members that we would find who are available and down. Yeah. To learn stuff that we had already wrote and recorded. Yeah. And um and the local shows were great, like they were super fun and uh, but it was few and far between, right? So we weren't like solidly rehearsed. Like, yeah, we yeah. Were, like cram <laughs> rehearsing once we had something booked. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so the, some time had passed, and we got asked to go play a couple California dates on uh, the band Fister. Their, their oh, tour. okay, yeah. So when they were they were through California, then we would be there like California uh, help. Or oh, okay. Yeah. And. Uh, just for like a couple shows in like Northern California. And uh, so we got one of the guys from the original like live lineup and then a new guy. And we practiced like fucking maybe the day before we were going to leave. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, and we had, this is when we released um, a space between your teeth. No, wait. Oh, it was a little bit after that actually. So we released the space between your teeth which was half an hour, a little bit more than half an hour of two songs. (laughs) And then, and then a split after that with the band old witch. And that was also two songs that totaled like about half an hour. (laughs) So our set list was going to be two songs. Yeah. Right. Like, because we were just playing, that's what we're, what we had. And we were trying to figure out what we play that would be possible. Because at that time, we were playing, like, really, like, melodic stuff. There was a lot of layers of, like, shoegazy guitars and ambient stuff that was honestly, like, hard. <laughs> like, yeah. like we, didn't, we didn't think about playing live and recreating. <laughs> and especially while doing vocals at the same time. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we narrowed it down, like, okay, these songs are kind of normal. Let's just play these live. And we practiced, went up there. And the first venue was like, it was a cool bar. It was like kind of small. And, but the stage was like in the corner of the room. And I don't think they had monitors, which is fine. Like I'm very used to not playing with monitors. Yes. By playing like underground punk spaces, you know, but like it was so weird because it was like a noise vacuum. Yeah. (laughs) And I couldn't hear anything. And I think my, my something was plugged in wrong. I think I had one of those Joyo <laughs> reverb pedals yeah. that was fucked up. So like if every 
other time you would plug it in, it would just start feedbacking <laughs> when it was off, when your guitar was off. It would just be creating its own feedback somehow. And I think that was on that was happening. I didn't notice till the end of the set. No way. Yeah. And because I couldn't hear anything. Like it was so weird. Like we couldn't hear each other because it was like literally playing like in a triangle, like in the corner of a of a room. <laughs> and yeah, we had no idea what was going on. I at, at the end, I literally like went outside and just put my head in my like between my knees. I just sat on the curb <laughs> for like 15 minutes. I was so <laughs> fucking depressed. I had to be alone. Like I had Dude. never done anything so bad before. <laughs> and I'm then oh so God. we drove at the end of the night, we drove from there to like uh there had a friend that lived like in the next city. Yeah. And uh, we were able to practice like in their place, in their apartment. Yeah. And we spent the entire rest of the, the rest of the day, like practicing and just playing those songs over and over. And then we actually got to play in this really cool venue in Oakland called the uh, golden bowl. Okay. And uh, that was like built nice. And, like, <laughs> it totally was it just was way better way more comfortable and like you could hear everything better and we actually played what we were supposed to play and that was <laughs> much, it was it changed everything like it was so much a better like it would have sucked if it was flipped if we like <laughs> oh went, yeah if we finished just like tiny little run on a on a low note but uh <laughs> nah that was i don't think i'll ever forget that type of show. <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> It was it was a bummer, and then like we, we that was the last thing that we did too. Like those two shows were the last time we ever played anything live. No way, really? Yeah, yeah. Like we we were booked on this like a uh, Doom festival in L.A. Yeah, and but then uh, Cameron moved, and like we just realized we couldn't make it work. Like there was no way that we could like drive to each other enough times to practice. Yeah, and uh, with like other people who like wherever they lived you know exactly um, it became such an ordeal like and it was so sad because like the guy putting on the festival was so like stoked to have us there and we oh. really had to be like I, we can't do it man i'm sorry i know it's like a month out like we just can't do it yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> insane it hurt like we had to like go into hiding after that yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude that sounds terrible yeah yeah <laughs> i wish i wish we could have like found a way to like make that band work more and like tour because yeah. like we had a lot of good hype like in the beginning and uh i feel like it would have like caught on even more but uh yeah life happens yeah exactly damn dude that's cr that's so <laughs> well at least you got to play uh that one last good show <laughs> i know yeah that was that was fun and then now like you know i'm just in so many fucking bands now that it's like whatever <laughs> like, yeah right <laughs> move on to the next thing <laughs> Dude, oh my god. Well, dude, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was so much fun, dude. Oh, dude, it was a blast, dude. I was yeah, I, I've been listening to your fucking podcast after like we talked and you told me about it, and I'm like, it's just yeah, it's just good good vibes, good hangs, like hell just, yeah. Just hanging out and talking. So like it was thanks a lot for asking me and uh getting a chance to shout out my my bullshit. <laughs> dude, no, like like I was like because like when we hung out, like I was stoked. Like everything we were talking about was awesome. And then like 
and like your bands are sick so i was like dude this is like perfect and like and like this was like crazy because like i always i tell a lot of people like uh, my brother usually writes a lot of the like the questions i have just in case like the conversation doesn't go like off right or anything right and uh like dude literally i think i asked you like four questions that i like he wrote down and i was just like (laughs) because like dude knowing that we could go on about pedals for like fucking like 30 minutes was so fucking cool to me (laughs) (laughs) dude i know man yeah this this was a lot of fun i I was uh really happy to be uh invited on fuck yeah dude that's so sick well dude okay well then um what i'll say is like a fake goodbye and then i'm gonna stop the recording and then talk to you right after this okay cool Uh, okay well bye bye (laughs) and now an excerpt from everything is upside down i'm gonna rip the fucking chin off that (laughs) i'm sorry that's it's Okay, that was that was stupid. Um, but anyways, having Jacob on was so fucking cool. Like I like again, like I know I said it a million times, like when we were out there, you let us stay with him and it was so fucking cool and like just talking to him, like it was it was so much fun. So dude, thank you so much for coming on. I had way too much fun and I know we could have kept going for like ever and especially just dude i just loved how it opened up on the hm2 that was it was so cool dude but um i had a great time this was so cool jacob is such a fucking cool dude please go listen to his bands they're all sick and like and 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 just just you know just just be just do do that uh but anyways hey guess what if this is your first time here hello hi hello there and if this is your second time back um Thank you for coming the second time. And I could go on forever with numbers, but I'm not going to. But anyways, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Because seriously, like, this has been one of my favorite episodes to date. Jacob was fucking awesome. So, it was just, it was just so cool. So, thank you for listening. And guess what? I will catch you on the next episode. Okay? Bye! The voice on this podcast is me, Josh Matthews, your favorite host. The intro was done by my friend Nick Riggs. And the person that does all the behind the scenes, basically the producer of the show, is my brother Danny. So go thank him and go thank Nick. And you know what? Give me like maybe like a, hey, you, you're doing something. But seriously, thank you so much, guys. It is, it is so sick that you guys do that. So thank you for listening.